Denver United, and welcome to another episode of our podcast series, Clunky Conversations on Unity and Race. We've been talking for the last uh, couple of weeks about the macro conversation, and there's so much to say. There are so many conversations that we could talk about that forever. But George, we pastor a church, and so I want to take a little bit here in the next while and zoom in, kind of the micro conversation. Yeah, um, like I said, there's so we, we've covered. How long have we been doing this? Yes, yeah, many weeks. I don't know. Months. It's like time has has started anew. Yeah, yeah. So we've covered a lot of ground, and we were just you know having some uh, Rob and I just talking um, just a bit um, these past couple of days, and just thinking about you know this conversation right now. The platform that we have is 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 really directed towards our church, towards Denver United Church. So kind of zooming in and and and. and Re-examining, man, what does it look like for us in our context to begin these conversations on a smaller personal uh, level? So, uh, looking forward to discussing that with you today, man, and, and hopefully Absolutely. it'll be helpful for some people. Yeah, this is a, a bit of a refreshing um, reboot to put on our pastor hats and talk about our church family, yeah. our sisters and brothers, and uh, and speak to where we are as a church. Now, this isn't going to be as relevant for somebody who lives in a mountain community where everybody uh, looks the same. Yeah, but this exactly. is going to be very relevant for Denver United Church. Exactly. Right? So um, what we want to do is talk about kind of the the clunky conversation before the conversation. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> right? Uh, what... What is the groundwork that goes into the kind of clunky conversations that are authentic, that are productive, that look like Jesus and lead to kingdom, where people come together from every direction, north, south, east, and west, every nation, tongue, tribe, and language, and they don't just call it a win when they arrive right. and sit in the same room. But what it says in Revelation 7, which has kind of been our touchpoint passage, is that they come together and share a meal, right? There is community, there's relationship that has been and will be built. And so the ideal isn't achieved when we have a more enlightened or empathetic or informed or compassionate perspective on race and justice in America. Right. The win is when God's people come together in relationship and love one another and show the city that that's what unity really means. Yeah, exactly. I think about the other passage, um, can't remember what gospel it's in, Rob, so you can correct me here, but when Jesus is uh, teaching his disciples and his mother and, uh, and his brothers are outside and they come in and like, hey, Jesus, like your, your family is outside. And he looks at the people in front of him and says, these are my mother and these are my brothers, those who do the will of God, like that's my family. And I think for us, man, like as a church, that's what we're called to. We say it here all the time at Denver United that we're family um, and brothers and sisters. And that doesn't mean that we're just people that we have conversations with. We're not just a prop for one another to bounce ideas off of each other. Right. We're actually supposed to be brothers and sisters and mothers and fathers and connected not and again I don't know what your relationship with your brothers or your sisters or your parents are but man you know each other right. like that's the thing you've put the time in you've put the time in to share a meal to be with one another uh and just be family I think that that's what we're called to ultimately so um 
Yeah, you know, what, what you just said makes me think of all the false wins that would be legitimate wins on the road for our society. But we're talking about the church. Mm-hmm. We're talking about the family, the household of God. And what may be an incremental win societally, and I'm not going to detract that, may not be a win as such for the household of God. You know, being an effective brochure for authentic diversity. That's not asking too much Mm -hmm. of our church. I think that's settling for too little. Wow. God's asking us to love one another as family. And that takes the the pre-clunky work (laughs) of engaging one another. Okay, so let's dive in. Um, Have you experienced this? Uh, you, George, my colleague, and you, George, um, my black friend. Mm-hmm. Have you experienced this um, where somebody good-heartedly approaches you uh, in true to clunky conversation form and essentially says, hey, I want to talk with you. Would you be willing to get together? Because I really want to understand the black perspective. Yeah, totally, man. And, and part of that... <laughs> Uh, yes, that's happened. I think outside of 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 these series of conversations that we've had, just in general. Um, but I do think a lot of that is a byproduct of what we're doing right now. You know, we've encouraged our church and those listening to engage in courageous conversation and reach across the aisle, whatever that aisle is and whatever right. it means. And so a lot of people, I think, have, have taken us up on that. Yeah, and, and kudos, for, right? I and mean, great for that. I, I've been so grateful for that. Um, but now, the, how do we do that in a yet more excellent way? Well, no, no. <laughs> but that, but that is part of how it goes, right? Where uh, someone will sit down and be like, you know, hey, uh, I just want to understand, you know, like as a black person, how you see this. Totally valid question. Totally good question. And the thing I just have to continue reminding people of is there is no black perspective. Uh, the same way there might not be a white perspective, right? Like I speak for me. So what I can give you is my experience, the way I see the world, the things that I've experienced as a human being. Um, and that might be resonant with a lot of other black males right. who were raised similar to me. But there's going to be a whole lot of people that, that think a whole lot differently sure. uh, than me on this issue. There's a breadth of perspective within the black community because there's a breadth of a whole world of experience, right? Um, even within the, the global community of humans of African descent, African American, mm-hmm. Americans of African descent, uh, w- it would be a small subset. And within the Americans of African descent subset, there is an entire world, a whole spectrum <laughs> of experiences and perspectives and backgrounds. And to, to seek out a black person, good-heartedly, let's presume this is with the best of Christ motive, right? And say, uh, I want to get the black perspective. Uh, it, it falls short maybe of family on, on two or three levels. Can we illuminate what those are? Not to criticize you, friends, but to help us grow in wisdom so that we can do this in a yet more excellent way. Yeah. So I, I, I think what that sort of, again, and <laughs> I feel like I'm putting a bunch of asterisks on, on, on these statements. I've totally enjoyed them. If you're one of those people I've talked to, I love you. And I think you're amazing. And I enjoy uh, every, every bit of it. But I think sort of what can happen is we start to pursue the conversation or the content over just the actual person and the friendship mm. and the family. Yeah. So what, 
<laughs> what can happen is the person becomes a vessel. Like a tool. Uh, a like training aid. You're a tool for me to get the valuable content, which is your perspective and like how you see this thing, which is valuable because we all need to learn from each other's perspectives. Now let me put a let me put an asterisk <laughs> on your asterisk real quick and I'll kick it back to you. You are a pastor. So being a trainer, an informer, an, an illuminator is part and parcel to your calling. Mm -hmm. um, you have a, a greater, uh, I, I sense, um, capacity in, for endurance in that and a greater understanding or ability and willingness to see the heart behind it mm -hmm. and love that. You said those have been un, um, uh, unmitigatedly wonderful. Yeah. I, I think that it's okay that those not be all wonderful, even you, but the majority of the, the black people in our church family are not pastors. Right. They aren't called to be, in a sense, training aides, but they are humans. Right. And that can be unintentionally, it sounds like, dehumanizing. Yeah, in a sense, it's sort of like, you know, I'm ready now to be enlightened. So can you catch me up on everything I've missed, right? So that's a whole other part of it. It's like, well, yeah, I, I would love to, but you know what I would love more is just to be your friend, man. Like, I would like to know you. And I think unintentionally what can happen in these, as we pursue the clunky conversation, if we skip out or, or, or skip over the first part, we can just begin to treat people as 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 like a straw for the content. Like, you know, when you're drinking something, the straw is not the point. I want to get whatever's in the cup, right? Yeah. So I feel it can feel like you're using that person as a prop or a tool to gain something that benefits you. Yeah. And and I think if that's where you are, I don't mean to criticize, but I, I think the, the step before the step, the conversation before the conversation is, man, do I have anyone in my life as a friend that doesn't look like me, that doesn't come from the same place as me ethnically or, or, or socioeconomically? Do I have diversity in my friendships? If I don't have that, then there's only so much I can glean from a conversation with, with someone one or two times. Right. But there's so much more that I'm going to be able to learn um, and, to, and to soak in like through osmosis through a friendship and not a, a speech or a, a or a conversation. And I think that's, and I mean, I've had some of those. I've had a lot of those people that I've been building friendship with for three and four years that through that space, they've reached out and said, man, I would love to talk. And we're not starting at square one at that point, right? We're like there's a, there's a, there's a, a foundation of friendship and commonality that's been built that we can d dive in in a way that's deep. And I can receive from you because I know you. Right. And you can receive from me without the, the, the blast doors firing up with defensiveness because we actually know each other. There's some basis for shared confidence that we're looking for human companionship. We're looking for friendship, not a lesson or a badge in social acceptability. <laughs> it's like the what's the sticker they give out when you voted? Yeah, I, you know voted. <laughs> like, I talked to a black person. I talked to a black person, so now I get it. Right. Um, or I, you can't criticize me for being uh, unaware because I talk to this black person. Very often, the person, if we're going to do that, with whom we speak is the person that's the, the least unlike us. Right? <laughs> right? So somebody who maybe is, is 
different in pigment, but the same in every other way. Education, uh, affluence, um, geography, you know. And, and that's going to give us a perspective, but it isn't going to um, accomplish the unity that I believe is Jesus's ideal for us. Absolutely. And like, as you said, so this is probably, there's probably a bunch of applications or offshoots um, from this. But I think one of them is, is, you know, just because I've talked to somebody doesn't mean I get the whole perspective. Rob, if I ask you questions about what it's like to be from the Northeast, and you know what I mean? Like, you're going to give me your your perspective and what you grew up experiencing. But that doesn't encapsulate the whole, right? Um, so I think that's one offshoot. But the other one, man, is like, do can I pursue maybe before I want to talk about something? I, I'm not using you, uh, uh, black person or Hispanic person or Korean person. I'm not using you as a tool or a prop for myself. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I need, like, I, I desire to have you in my life as a friend. Yeah. Why? Because I think we are all enriched um, when we diversify our friendship pools, right? Yeah. Like it helps all of us. And not just like, like you said, if all of my, yeah, I may have a black friend and Hispanic friend and a, and a, and a, 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 a Korean friend, a Native American friend. But if we all grew up in, in the same type of place, we all grew up in the same suburbs and all went to Yale, we're probably all going to sort of see things in a similar we're more way. more alike than different. <laughs> you know? so okay, I, so what we're yeah. talking about here is pursuing uncommon friendships. Hmm. It seems like that is the prequel to the, the blockbuster of racial unity in the church. It's the willingness, the courage, and the humility to step outside of what is common, mm-hmm. what is comfortable, and what is familiar and pursue friendships that are uncommon in our lives and uncommon in the church and uncommon perhaps in our culture. Uh, sadly, they're less common in the church as I see it wow. than they are in the culture at large, at least in urban 21st century culture. And this is an area where the church must grow. And that is, I think, part of what it means, friends, for us to be Denver United. This is what God is asking of us. And I'm so encouraged when I look around our church family, lest we say this as though we're unaware that this is already happening. Absolutely. At the many uncommon friendships that our sisters and brothers are, are building and are enjoying. And, and leading from and growing through. So, but let's start at the at square one. Building an uncommon friendship is, as our moniker suggests, it's uncommon. And it's <laughs> uncommon for a reason, for many reasons. What are some of those reasons? Perhaps we pursue friendships that are more common, friendships that are more homogenous with people like us, like we do because there's common ground, because it's comfortable, because it's easier. And is there anything wrong with that? I'd say, of course not. But the kingdom asks us to do that and Hmm. to step beyond and to step beyond what is comfortable and common in our social lives, in relationships, takes two things that uh, Jesus seems to place a premium on without using these words. It takes social intelligence hmm. and emotional health. Hmm. Now, some might hear that and go, well, I don't know if that's me. I guess turn this episode off because I'm not socially intelligent or I'm not emotionally healthy. But the good thing is we're humans made in God's image with the capacity to grow, mature, heal, and change. And social intelligence and emotional health are capacities uh, which 
reinvest in themselves, which grow by practice. It's like going to the gym and saying, well, I'm not going to lift. I can't lift because I've got small muscles. Well, (laughs) that's a self-defeating argument. We lift so that we get bigger muscles. And sometimes it breaks them down, but builds them up. And we start where we are. Hmm. I think another piece of that too is, man, it's just, it's like you said, it's comfortable. It's common the, the friendships with people that don't look like us and don't think like us and that didn't come from where we come from are uncommon because they're uncomfortable. Um, we sort of all have a home base. Like there, there's nothing like vacations are fun, right? When you get to go to a mountain house or go some go to the beach or do whatever you do for vacations. And it's great. It's fantastic. It's it, You take pictures. But there's nothing like getting back to your apartment. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Pulling back into the house. There's just a comfort. There's a familiarity. Like I always put my bag here. I just, I'm, I'm, the path is worn here. It's comfortable. And I think we do the same things. And, and the things that keep us out of the gym is because it hurts. It's uncomfortable. To, to be around a group of people uh, that don't think like you, or even just one person, there's not the familiarity it's awkward. You don't know what to say. You don't know like, so what do you do for fun? They probably do a lot of the same things as you, but it feels awkward, right? So pushing past that, that initial discomfort, I think is a vital piece for pursuing those uncommon friendships. It's like, we, we just have to first off, maybe recognize, like you said, recognize that it's uncomfortable, acknowledge it, and just lean into it, man. Mm-hmm. Like, it's going to feel weird. It's going to feel different if it's the first time for you. Maybe, like, you look at your friend group and you're like, oh, we all look exactly the same. Right. To break that familiarity, that comfort, is awkward. Okay, so using the gym metaphor and continuing it, yeah. um, breaking that familiarity cycle uh, and, and just embracing the awkwardness, I, I find that if I could jump into, like, exercise and fitness in week three, if you could just airdrop me in <laughs> a month in, it's still going to hurt. I'm still I'm in, exhausted. Yeah. But I've gotten over that initial steep climb, right, right? right? And that initial steep climb is, I think, is 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 intimidating for many of us. And understandably so. That's why I said it takes it takes social intelligence to navigate that. What, mm-hmm. if we, what if we don't know how to navigate it? Let's break that down. I would suggest it begins with... Uh, an uncommon friendship begins with one courageous conversation. Mm. Lest we think that's well, sort gotta, of the threshold, right? Like you just got to break cross through. through. Yeah, right. go to the right. gym the first time. Know you're gonna be sore for three days. Know that people are gonna look at you and you're gonna feel judged by them and their and their hulking physique, right? Right. Um, one courageous conversation. How does that conversation go? This is where I think we can normalize this clunky conversation in the context of conversations and relationships at large. Every new relationship takes a degree of courage. It takes a degree (laughs) of selflessness and risk, right? Right. Stepping across a threshold, holding ourselves out, wondering if the person might not feel um, the same interest in friendship, right? Right. But it it takes walking across a room. It takes detecting someone that we see in our our family room, that's our worship uh, auditorium, and that we think for one reason or another, they might share something with us. It's always looking for that that essential something, that je ne sais quoi, that spark, that chemistry. You know, I just, I like that guy. The way he laughs or the way the way she dresses or style catches my eye or whatever, I'm going to just walk across the room and introduce myself. And it's awkward. I was talking to a friend yesterday about this. It's about uh, potentially, you know, reaching out to a, to a girl he was interested in and like, like, what do you do? Like, what do you, it's just, it's always awkward. That first, com- you right. know, hey, um, do you, 
want to get coffee with me. You know what I'm saying? Like it's right. just an it's awkward. And isn't it isn't part of the awkwardness there? Maybe the lion's share of it, the fear that we're no. going to get rejected. Right. That the person we're reaching out to is going to is not going to re reciprocate our interest in friendship. That fear is always there, but it's much lower with someone who's the same as us. Right. Because we we have a built-in detector for mutuality. And I think the other part of it too, man, is like we. And maybe I'm taking another half step back, so I apologize. But do I see the need to pursue that uncommon friendship? It's not a, I'm not, you know, it's it's not a diversity hire for my friend group. Right. You know, I'm not trying to just do this so I can say, you know what, now we have an Hispanic person in our group. It, it starts with how you see it, man. Like, do, do you see, do you see the need? To, to to branch out. Do you, do you actually see the value in me? I think I would be a better friend if I had a friend that was different from me. Do I feel like the, the homogeny, is that the right word, of my friend group is actually holding me back to some level? Right. That I would grow and in, in, in grow in love and compassion and knowledge and experience with that. So it's sort of like if, if, if the need or if the, if the benefit outweighs that awkwardness, you'll probably push through it. That's right. So you're just saying recognize that to be made human is to be made for relationship. And to be made for relationship is to be made to love and be loved, to challenge and be challenged, to grow and help others grow in all yeah. contours and directions. And that happens um, most fully when our friendships include uncommon friendships. Absolutely. I mean, I think about the Great Commission. I was thinking about this the other day where Jesus tells his disciples, go and preach the gospel to all nations. And sometimes how I think in our culture today, church culture, we focus more on preach the gospel, which I think was totally a huge part of what Jesus was saying. But I think equally to all nations was as much mind-blowing for them as, as, it, as the preach the gospel was. Right. Because at that point, it was like to the Jewish people. Like that's who... That's who we're focused on. So for Jesus to say, to say expand your circle right. to include all nations, man, that like that's right. We just like got our minds around how we could have <laughs> lunch with a Greek guy or a Roman and not be violating God's law yeah. and be unclean. Now you want us to go to every, every nation? like they were just freaked out because Jesus was talking to a Samaritan woman at the well, just speaking to her, and they're like, wait, 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 wait. And now Jesus says, go everywhere. Yeah. Broaden your circles to include everyone. So going back to the gym metaphor, I think for the gym, it's a little bit more natural for us to realize the benefit, right? We know, all right, if I, I don't want to go, it's going to hurt, but that dude's abs are dope and I want to look like that, right? <laughs> so there's a, there's a tangible benefit to push through the pain, right? The discomfort. And I think relationally that can get a little bit fuzzy for us if, we're, if we don't dig into it. Like, well, why? Why do I need to expand my circles as Jesus talked about. Mm -hmm. if, if we don't have that answer, then the then the pain will always be stronger than the benefit mm -hmm. and we won't lean in. Ooh, I love that. Can I take us one more step into yeah, yeah. The, the anatomy of an uncommon friendship? Okay, a, a courageous conversation is what you've been describing and why it takes courage and why it's worth it. Mm -hmm. Now, um, I want to round that out. Maybe like put a cap on how much courage 
it's really going to take. Okay, so at the risk of being ultra clunky, let, let's like model this for a second. Let's, right, play, yeah. let's, let's role play this out. Okay. All right, so we're gonna, um, fam, the Brendel family sees the Towers family like across the room or we've, you know, been in, in a group setting or um, in, in our church or we say, we, you know, we don't work together. We're just folks in our church, right? Yeah, yeah. And, uh, or I, I've, I've heard you um, talking to others, and I'm like, I like that guy. I feel like that for whatever reason we we connect. So this may be we may have to edit this out of the pot. This may be <laughs> so stupidly impolitic that we just have to take it out. Right. But go with me and 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 like correct me or press the stop button. If All right, cool. Okay. So like, as a white man leading a white family, like reaching out to a black man leading a black family is not that different from reaching out to <laughs> another any person and his family it's like like there's no black way of asking you to come over for dinner right it, <laughs> is what i'm saying it's not like i gotta i gotta say hey man so like we're different races you yeah, want to yeah. come over for dinner as different races it's just sort of like the same thing hey you know you guys ever want to come over for dinner we'd love to we've been grilling out in the summer and love to have you over and get to know your family right like it doesn't have to i don't have to do it blackly right is my point <laughs> do, do i no i just is that i mean am i gonna get killed all right for so here's it? the thing i'll say to you right now if you're listening to this if you are i can only speak for me as a black male specifically to people of other races okay you don't have to change the way you speak when you're around black people <laughs> You know how people do that? Like, hey, what's up, brother Yo, man? Bro. Brother man, just seeing, you know, those some fly kicks. You never say that any other time. Just be yourself. Just be yourself. There's no black way to approach a black person. And in fact, that's the worst thing you can do from my perspective. Why? In authentic, in authentic? Yeah, you're, 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 pain, like, I, I don't even know what it is. It's sad. Just be you. You always say, Rob, that you're one of the whitest people on the planet, and I love that about you. I am. You just there's probably two or three other white people in Scandinavia whiter than I. Possibly. But I'm not. I haven't met them. Possibly. So it's just be yourself. And when we talk about pursuing friendship, that's why I think this is the precursor to the conversation. Because what's more awkward is when you don't have relationship with someone, and then you know, for if you're a white a white male listening to this and I just come up to you out of the blue and don't know you and say hey I would really like to talk to you about race in America do you have time to grab coffee that's way more awkward than yo like would you want to grab lunch and just hang yeah at right. some point right and and I'm not doing that so we can talk about race I'm doing that so I can have you in my life as Connect a friend and just see if we're a friend Lord. and just see if we can be friends the way you are with all of your other friends so you're right Rob it's not as awkward as we make it it's not as clunky as we make it um, it's just an invitation. Do right. you want to have dinner? Right. Do you want to watch the game whenever there, the games come back? There's generations on. of unspoken or spoken experiences that that inform against that, though, right? Like, what do your people eat? Well, I mean, probably the same thing as you. I, mean, I don't know. My, I mean, do you mean my family? Right, 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 what does my family eat? That's the same question I would ask anyone whom I'm inviting his family over for dinner. Any stuff you guys are allergic to? Your kids have any preferences? What are we thinking? We're thinking of like grilling chicken. What do you? What do you, is that good? You know, I mean, it doesn't. It doesn't have to be like the conversation doesn't have to be overly about the difference. Just be normal. Because you know what? This is where um, the counterbalance in Revelation seven comes in. Mm. Right? They're all from different nations, tribes, yeah. ethnicities, languages. But guess what? Remember, you pointed this out. They're all wearing the same white robe. Right. Right. 
And so their ethnicity is visible beneath the robe. Right. Like their differences uh, transcend the eternity barrier and Mm. they take their blackness or whiteness or Latino-ness to heaven. But what, what covers that is the, is the white robe. So we're all one in Christ. Yeah. We have vastly more in common than we have different. So maybe speak not to the difference in reaching out, but speak to, to the commonality. Absolutely. Absolutely. Without pretending that the difference isn't there. And then as we grow from um, courageous conversation to uncommon friendship, Mm-hmm. then it becomes more and more natural to do what friends do, which is talk about mm-hmm. stuff beyond the news, weather, and sports. Yep, and I think this is uh, this the last idea I think I want to land on is the benefit from doing this. Um, I want to give credit to the person I heard say this. I think it was Carl Lentz a number of years ago talking about how distance creates distortion, but proximity creates passion. Distance creates distortion and proximity creates passion. So when you're, when you're far away from a thing, it's very easy to distort it. Um, for me to have an opinion on what's happening in Algeria right now, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> and really speak, I'm, I, I really don't know. I'm far away from it. So it's probably going to be really easy for me to distort it, to misunderstand it, to have opinions that are off because I'm really far from it. But when, you're, when you have a friend, a, a best friend, whose parents still live in Algeria and they're talking to you about it every day. And then there's, there's something that happens there that really rocks that community. The proximity that you have with that person creates a passion that wouldn't have been there if you weren't close. Mm. And I think that's the biggest part, man. We're not pursuing friendships, uncommon friendships to check boxes or to, uh, to increase our, our quotas, you know, (laughs) But one of the things or that happens primarily to enlighten ourselves. Yeah, but what happens though is, man, once you're close to somebody, that leads to so many other things, and 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 because you're because there's proximity, the next time something happens, let's say you have a Hispanic friend, now you're building that relationship, and the next time that that that, that there's an outcry that something happens that really specifically affects the Hispanic community. Your your proximity is going to create a passion mm-hmm. that wasn't yeah. there before. Yeah. So this happened uh, over the last eight years, um, as you know, because you know both of us really well. Yeah. God's grown a really special friendship in my life with Darius. Yeah. And I share this knowing that, that Darius and I have, have given each other permission um, open-endedly to share about our, our relationship as yeah. pertains to you know, race and justice. Yeah. Um, such that fast forward eight years, eight years of working together, leading together, struggling through hard times together, uh, relating across racial mm-hmm. um, stereotypes together, leading a church to do the same together, and, and, and so many other things. When Ahmad Arbery was killed, my first thought was of my friend. Wow. Not of the political repercussions yes. in an election year. Not, frankly, of what to say to the church. And so I, my first call was to Darius. And I said, bro, this had to be hard for you, I'd imagine. Um, how are you doing? How are you feeling? Wow. And we talked for an hour about it. Wow. Not because of any other reason than because this is one of the most important people in the world to me. Right. Right. So, man, um, I would, that's, that's really powerful. And I would say that to any of you listening, man, like if that's you and you don't have that person and you're a part of our church, especially, right? Like where that's an option, you know? Right. Um, man, I, 
I, I would say to you, maybe the first step in all of this, as this is like our 12th episode, right? I'm going back to give people a first step. Is maybe you just spend some time building a relationship with somebody. Have a courageous conversation. Just, just take the risk. Have coffee. Uh, when, when, when the NBA starts, watch a game. Right. Um, do that first. And what that said, so Rob, like with you responding to the Ahmad Arbery thing, you weren't starting from ground zero. You had, you had eight years of relationship, and that led you to think of a person and not politics. Right. And man, I think it, that I think that's where we can all start with an uncommon friendship. Pursue it, build it, for the friendship being the ends, not another conversation being the ends. Right. The, friendship isn't a means to an end; it is the end in of itself. Relationship, yeah. family. Um, is the point. Question for you before we wrap. Yeah. Um, the, you're saying that brings up, I reach out um, for a cup of coffee or, you know, to, to explore a friendship, you know, have a conversation and I'm rebuffed or it, it doesn't gain traction. That doesn't necessarily mean that the person um, whom I reached out to was rejecting me because of my race. Absolutely. Or uh, that I <laughs> yeah, 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 that's good. tried at racial reconciliation and look what it got me. It may simply mean that the, the human on the other end of the relationship line was busy or didn't have as much bandwidth for a new friend at this time or didn't feel the same spark. No, and totally. Possible, How right? many white people are there in America? Do you have an approximation? I don't know. It's millions. You're probably best friends with a couple of them. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> so it's like there's just a there's a thing where we're ju- friendship is friendship. I'm not friends with everybody because we just don't click and don't connect. So that's a great point. If it doesn't click and doesn't connect, it probably is just because you're they're like most people you're not friends with. You just didn't connect. Right. So if we can take the pressure off of ourselves and off of one another in the church family to make every courageous conversation. um, You're going to be my new best friend. A referendum (laughs) on the possibility of racial unity or pressurized to be my best friend or else the whole racial reconciliation thing is a sham. (laughs) If we can just take that pressure off. That's good. And treat one another as fellow humans in the family of God. That's good. I think beautiful things are going to continue to happen. All right. It's time for us to go. You want to pray for us? Yeah, Jesus, give us grace. We need your grace. We need your wisdom as we pursue this. Thanks for a church where we can talk about these things. And Lord, I pray that you would help us uh, today, this week, begin to open our eyes and show us the next thing that you've caused us to do. Yes. But Lord, would you lead us towards uh, pursuing uncommon friendships? God, we are the family of God. That's what you've called us to. Uh, And would you help us uh, better represent that in a more full and complete way, Lord? That's our prayer. We believe you're going to do it. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Thank you, George. Thank you, everybody, for being with us today. We love you a lot, and we'll talk to you next time. Have a great one.